The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Now it's time to talk Braves, Falcons, and college football with a deep South college football legend. It's the Buck Baloo Show, exclusively on The Fan. Welcome in, everybody, to the Buck Baloo Show here on 680 The Fan, 1002. In the morning, it, it's kind of weird, as you can tell, not Buck Baloo and Dylan Short filling in for the Georgia quarterback legend and just kind of getting used to this. I don't normally get to do these shows while the sun is still out. Normally, if you're hearing my voice, it means that it's dark outside and you're trying to, you know, you're sitting in traffic on the way home. Pretty excited to do this today, getting a fill in for uh, the legend Buck Baloo. Before I go too much farther, should mention... We got a lot to get to today. We're going to start off with a little bit of Braves. And as Buck generally likes to do, let's get things started with the Big Take, brought to you by the Haug Baron Law Group. Buck's Big Take. You see, we're not here to mess around at all today. We're going after it. Big Take for me. Guys, have you seen how much money Steve Cohen has been spending this offseason? After re-signing Brandon Nimmo, to a uh, eight-year, $162 million contract. The AAV looks good. It's $20 million a year. That's eight years for a guy that has played uh, not very many games. He doesn't get over 150 games ever. Uh, he, he has had trouble staying healthy in the past. Had a good season last year. Gets on base a good bit. But yet another instance of a guy that was expected to get closer to a five-year type of contract when this offseason started. And Steve Cohen responding in kind to A.J. Preller, his his crazy move of Xander Bogarts, which by the way, 100% was an ego driven move. He got turned down by three or four superstars and said, darn it, not getting turned down again. Here you go, Xander, double the contract offer that anybody else has given you. And Steve Cohen says, I'm really glad you brought your milk money. Uh, now go home as now the Mets blow through the Steve Cohen tax. Don't forget, by the way, that Ownership in Major League Baseball. There were a bunch of owners that did not want Steve Cohen to get a team specifically because they they thought he was going to spend money. Well, they were right. So they installed a fourth tier of the luxury tax, which is called the Cohen tax, where if you spend over $290 million, you get an 80% tax rate on every dollar over the luxury tax. So the Mets right now staring down the barrel of a $400 million payroll. Doesn't really matter to Steve Cohen. He has tons and tons of money. But uh, it is what it is. And the crazy thing is, here's the big take part of this. Guys, you're wondering, why, why are you talking about the Mets for a big take? The Mets have spent all of this money, $43 million for Justin Verlander, uh, about 20 and a half ish for Brandon Nimmo. Uh, they, they're going to spend, actually, rumors are, they're, they're actually still in on Kodai Senga, the uh, Japanese pitcher who got posted and is going to be coming over. Actually, didn't get posted. He's just a strict free agent. Um, there's talk that, Kodai Senga might be a $110 million type of contract player, although in this market, no one really knows. If, if, they, if he somehow gets a seven-year, $150 million contract, I'm, I'm just not going to blink an eye at this point. The point being, 
the Mets are spending all of this money, $400 million, and they're a worse team today than they were when the season ended, just strictly from a talent perspective. Now, you can tell me that Verlander's a better bet to get innings than Jacob deGrom. You're not wrong. Justin Verlander is not as talented as Jacob deGrom. They lost Adam Adovino, replaced him with David Robertson. One of the few deals that I thought actually was was a sensible deal, one-year, $10 million contracts. You place Adovino with David Robertson. Adovino is a better reliever than Robertson. You took a little bit of a net loss there. Don't know really what's going on with Starling Marte. He's a year older. You bring Nimmo back. You had him last year. That's kind of a net kind of sitting around there. The whole point of this is for everybody that's an Atlanta Braves fan freaking out because the Braves have not made any big signings, that they haven't they haven't responded to the crazy market and given Dansby Swanson a ten or an eleven year deal. Because by the way, if you think Dansby's taking a six year deal after seeing Xander after seeing Xander Bogarts and Trey Turner get eleven years, that's not happening. The Braves didn't want to pay Dansby twenty three million over six years. I highly highly doubt they're giving him a ten year deal. And if if you're upset about that or worried, I can understand why. Just realize this before you freak out. The Braves right now despite the Mets and the Phillies spending insane amounts of money and years, the Braves are still the more talented team, at least on paper. We'll see what happens during the season next year. But the Braves still have more talent on the roster top to bottom than both of those two squads. It just goes to show, I know when everybody else starts spending, you get an invitation to the orgy, you kind of want to go. You don't really need to especially if you're already a great team that already has all of their young guys locked up. You can pick and choose when you decide to go crazy. The Braves haven't done that yet. Personally, I don't think they will this offseason. But that's your big take, Braves fans. Tone it down. You're still better than the Mets and the Phillies, and you're not handing out 11-year deals. But speaking of the Braves... Alex Anthopoulos really might be the silent assassin in Major League Baseball. I'm I'm fully convinced that he looks to see if the Braves have been linked to anyone or if anybody mentions a player that the Braves maybe should go after or would make sense. I am 100% convinced that if he reads that somewhere, he decides that that person is no longer a target. As with a hole at shortstop right now and a hole in left field, a bigger hole in left field than shortstop, by the way, Alex Anthopoulos goes outside the box yet again and goes back to Detroit where he's made a trade before and snags Joe Jimenez for Justin Henry Malloy and Jay Kiganbotham. And he gets uh, he gets Joe Jimenez and cash considerations. A lot of people upset about this one, at least on social media, um, to which I would say I, I said this last night on the front row's audio fun bag. This is a classic case of you're looking at a number next to a prospect and just saying that because he's top 10 in your system, that that means like, he, he's an, he's a big league player and he's going to start for you in the big leagues. We know from personal experience that not all farm systems are created equal. We, we saw this play out not so long ago when the Braves were trying to get Christian Yelich and Miami said, yes, we want your number one prospect. Well, that number one prospect at the time was a guy named Ronald Acuna Jr. And the Braves rightfully so were like, yeah, I don't think so because Ronald's probably already better than Yelich anyway. So the Braves countered with something else. The Marlins decided that they just wanted that number one next to somebody's name. So what did they do? They traded him to Milwaukee for Lewis Brenson. Guys, 
Lewis Brenton was never the same type of prospect as Ronald Acuna. Doesn't matter if you had a number one in the system, number one next to his name in the Brewers system. If you're a bottom tier system, and the Brewers weren't a great system at the time, if you're a bottom tier system, you're number one, you're number five, number six, whatever, they might not crack the top ten for another team. That's just how baseball works. These aren't all equal. That being said, this trade... I don't even know that I don't know that I think that this one is that crazy. When you look at Justin Henry Malloy, and I, I like Henry Malloy. I, I love what he did last year. He had a really good season in the minors last year. He came up three levels last year. It's not easy to do. College senior started his career at Vanderbilt, moved over to Georgia Tech, and really kind of blossomed at Georgia Tech. But you're talking about a guy that his his number one defining quality is his patience at the plate. Gigantic walk totals. He'll swing and miss occasionally, especially up against bigger pitching. But it's not anything that's going to hurt you. He makes good contact, and he, and he has an incredible walk rate. Now, that's going to play in the big leagues. So I think that at absolute worst, he has just offensively, at absolute worst, he is a platoon player offensively. The problem is the game's not just played offensively. He started his career as a third baseman. He wasn't a great third baseman. So they tried him out in the outfield. He stuck in left field a little bit. But even even in left field, the best thing you could say about him is – He's averaged to slightly below average defensively. But if you're going to play left field or you're going to play DH, you have to hit for power. And this is the thing with Justin. He's got a lot of extra base hits in him, but not a lot of people see big-time home run power there. There there are people that that question whether he's consistently 20 to 25 home runs as he gets to the big leagues. Now, we'll see. Just because that's your projection doesn't mean that's what you're going to stick at. But when you're talking about this Braves team, He's not going to DH while you have William Contreras. That's kind of William's spot. And we can talk about William, whether he needs to be the full-time catcher of the future or whatever. Alex Anthopoulos doesn't really operate with catcher of the future in mind. It's it's a split position. The Braves have Manny Pena this year. They they might dangle him for a deal if they can find a shortstop, a short-term shortstop, and, and kind of continue trying to, to get Vaughn Grissom uh, up to speed defensively and see if they think that he can really stick it shorter or what have you. But... You have to be able to hit for power, one, to be in this Braves offense anyway. That's one thing that the Braves really look for is your OPS uh, and your ability to to hit home runs and, and score with one swing of the bat. That's something that this Braves team and this Braves front office really values. And I'm not certain that Justin's going to have that. And again, this is a case of you see, you, you talked about a guy, we saw a guy kind of break out in the minors a little bit. And I don't really necessarily think that this is much different from Travis Merritt. And I love Travis, by the way. I, I was a big fan of Travis uh, when he came over from the Rangers, when he was one of the Rangers' top prospects. He was a first-round pick himself, had just a tool shed of a player. Justin is a much more consistent at bat, but he's not the same type of athlete. And I think overall it's probably the same type of prospect as, as when you were dealing away Travis Merritt. I hope Justin does really well. But you brought in Joe Jimenez. And a lot of people saying, well, you brought in a reliever with one year left on his contract. Did you see what Joe Jimenez put up last season for the Detroit Tigers, who are not very good at anything pertaining to baseball, by the way? They're not a good development system. That's been kind of, that's that the blows, the doors have been blown off of that by some of the prospects in their system who have uh, talked about how there's not really a plan there. They don't really have a dedicated, here's what you need to do, here's what we want you to get better at come back and do this next season. They're just kind of left to their own devices. And this shouldn't be shocking. You can see in the struggles with Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson, guys who are exceptionally talented. That's why they dominate in the minor leagues. They get to the big leagues, and because there was no real 
There was no real growth. There was no real plan in the minor leagues. They get up to the big leagues, get thrown in the fire, and all of a sudden it's, whoa, I wasn't expecting them to attack me with this type of pitch mix. I didn't even realize I had this hole in my game. So it's really impressive that Joe Jimenez, 27-year-old uh, reliever, was able to put up the type of season that he did last year. And I'm just going to read these numbers off for you guys because I'm a numbers guy when it all boils down to it. And by the way, if you're not a numbers guy, you should probably get at least versed in it because every front office in Major League Baseball that actually wins games, their numbers front offices as well. Uh, just these numbers for Joe Jimenez. A 33.3% strikeout rate of total batters faced. 5.6 walk percentage. That is a 27.7% strikeout to walk ratio. Struck out over about 12 and a quarter batters per nine innings last year. That's slightly better than A.J. Minter. And you can say that, oh, it's a 3-5 ERA. What I would again tell you is nobody really uses ERA when you're evaluating pitchers. You look at the FIP, which is fielding independent pitching. Why do you use that? Because it normalizes defense. So guys like Aaron Nola, for example, will we'll routinely have higher ERAs because the defense behind them is very not good. So you, you look at the FIP, which just normalizes and says, how did you pitch? What should your ERA have been if you had an average defense? And Joe Jimenez, a 2.00, again, slightly better than A.J. Minter. The Braves lost Kinley Jansen, who signed with the Red Sox for two years, 32, uh, two years and 32 million. So he got... Basically the same deal he got last year. They just stretched it to another year, uh, which in and of itself is kind of interesting. Because don't forget, you've got the new rules in effect for pitchers. You have the pitch clock coming in next year. And Kenley Jansen is uh, one of the guys, one of the one of the probably three or four guys that I really expect to uh, at least one time this season violate the pitch clock because he does have a very long motion and delivery. It takes a little bit of time for him to actually get the ball to the plate. And not only, you know, Kenley was good last year. Little inconsistent, but that's to be expected as you get older. But overall, had a very good season. Rysel Iglesias is now going to step into the closer role. Joe Jimenez is going to take over the Rysel Iglesias role. Folks, the bullpen is better right now than it was last year. And if you're shocked that Alex would trade a prospect and then kind of somebody that was just buried in the system for one year of a reliever, then you haven't really been paying attention to Alex Anthopoulos in his time here in Atlanta. The bullpen is one of Alex Anthopoulos' main focus points. This is one of the reasons why the Braves do so well and they're so consistent at winning baseball games. Because even if your starter doesn't have a great day and he, he has to wear down and really have to buckle down to get through five innings, you're not, you don't have a great chance of scoring against really anybody in this Braves bullpen. But if you get to the sixth inning, you're not scoring at all. Because now you've got Jimenez, A.J. Minter, and then Rysel Iglesias. You still have, I expect Jesse Chavez to make the big league roster, but you get another year of Kirby Yates coming in. Luke Jackson, he'll be healthy. We'll see what happens with Luke. I, I kind of get the feeling that the Braves will bring him back. I'm not entirely certain what's going to happen there. But if they do, Luke is, is Luke Jackson is the, as the first guy in your bullpen. That's a very deadly bullpen, and that's, that's not anything to be taken lightly. Why were the Astros so good in the postseason? Because you could not score off of their bullpen. This is the way that baseball is played. I am fully on board with this trade. I, I love Joe Jimenez. Reports come out that the Braves were trying to acquire him for like the past two offseasons, especially this past offseason. This was a big target for a, lot of, for a lot of teams. I know it's not the names that you're all thinking. Everybody's still sitting here looking at Dansby Swanson and saying, well, when are we going to give Dansby Swanson back? We don't have another shortstop. Why won't they just pay Dansby? I don't think they want Dansby to be the highest paid player on the team. And I don't think they're wrong. 
Guys, Alex Anthopoulos has won a lot of games here so far. And I'm not saying that you can't criticize moves. Lord knows I've criticized my fair share of moves. What I will say is the only prospect that he has traded that has been good has been Joey Wentz, who he dealt in 2019 for Shane Green along with Travis Demerit. And by the way, that was at a time when you had 5,000 pitchers at the same level. This, traditionally speaking, is going to end up being a good move for Alex Anthopoulos. And if you see him, give him in as a three-year extension. It'll just cement it as a fantastic move. We'll see going forward. we got to hit our first break, though. When we come back, I know it's Buck's show, so we're going to dig into some college football uh, stories, and we'll come back with a nugget and get things excited and get, get, excited and get things underway. What? Right. This is the Buck Baloo Show for the fan, 680, 93.7 FM. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. I feel like I'm committing a crime by coming in over that. I feel like I should just kind of let that breathe for another three minutes or should have gone with an instrumental. We, we just we don't have the time to do that. Hello, guys. Welcome back into the Buck Baloo show. Before we get into the nugget and all the fun stuff, I do have to tell you, as has been the case for time immemorial, at least as long as I've been around at this station, which has been a pretty long time, 6-8 of the fan has been the home for high school football in the state of Georgia. And if you're new to Georgia, let me just tell you all now, there's nothing quite like high school football here in this state. It is, I know you hear about Texas, I know you hear about California. Here in the state of Georgia, high school football is almost a religion. There's no better place to go for it. The Georgia High School Football Championships then 6A to the fan or ESPN 103.7 because we have all of the in-game action from kickoff to the final whistle. Join Doug, Steve, BJ, and the entire team as they bring you all the championship action live from Georgia State Center Park Credit Union Stadium. This Georgia High School Football Championship weekend is powered by Georgia Power and presented by Truist Marcos Pizza in the University of West Georgia. And as you guys are used to hearing, the 10 a.m. hour of the Buck Baloo Show is presented by the Haug Baron Law Group, your champions of personal injury law. If you need to win your personal injury case, don't be a dummy. Go to championshiplaw.com and get on the side of some proven winners. All right. That being said, let's get to a nugget. Mm, tasty. Time for the college football nugget. Presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. Okay. Obviously, big news for college football with the playoff coming up. You've got the Heisman voting tonight. 
this isn't really part of the nugget, but I'll just say this. Can we all agree that Caleb Williams is going to walk away with this award? It might be unanimous. I love what I've seen from a lot of the other quarterbacks this year, and it's essentially become just a quarterback award. But Caleb Williams, when you, when you look at USC with Caleb Williams versus when he got injured versus Utah, pretty apparent who the driving force was behind the USC Trojans uh, having a pretty good season. Not that I'm discounting Stetson. Love to see it happen, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and count that as Caleb Williams, who, by the way, just won the Walter Camp and the Maxwell Awards as well. That's a pretty good indicator of what everybody's thinking about Caleb Williams. Brock Bowers, the first tight end in Georgia history to win the Mackey Award, which to me, now I was born in the 90s, seems a little weird to me that Georgia has not had a single tight end in their history win the Mackey Award. So good on Brock Bowers, well-deserved, especially when, when pro football focus just egregiously committed a, a felony offense by putting Dalton Kincaid on the on the All-American first team over Brock Bowers. No defense for that at all. In other news, this one, and I don't want to seem like I'm just hating on the Florida Gators, but I kind of am. As Anthony Richardson declares for the NFL draft, and Mel Kuyper, who we all know is a bastion of misinformation and not anybody you ever really want to take super seriously when it comes to college football rankings, he's got, he's got Anthony Richardson as like his fourth or fifth quarterback. And guys, Derek, Road Dog, whoever else is back there right now, speak up on this and just tell me if I'm being crazy. I don't think he's ever put anything on film outside of that one two-point conversion against Utah that should lead anyone to believe that he's a guy that can successfully play quarterback at the NFL level. That was my joke with Buck yesterday was go ahead and leave right now when your NFL draft is high before you put too much on film. Go ahead and get paid, young man, sure. But I just, I don't understand it. I mean, I... I get it. He's big. He's fast. He's got a big arm. It's all potential. It's all potential. So, yeah, I mean, if, you're, if your draft stock's high, go ahead and go, man. To me, it's no different than Will Levis. Like, when you look at the, these two quarterbacks, Anthony Richardson is a little bit more athletic, a little bit more willing to run, and Levis can be more accurate at times. But neither of these two guys, I don't think either of these two are quarterbacks that I expect to be starters. You can tell me about traits all you want, but you do at some point need to be able to put it on on film and if i don't see you doing it in a game i don't i just don't know that i would trust that you can do that good news out of chapel hill drake may once again reiterating that he is going to stay at unc which is good because they just lost a five-star defensive lineman who was the number eighth recruit in the country to the portal but all that can be alleviated with just drake may tweeting out nope i'm a north carolina guy i'm staying here uh, is this good news for college football, or were you secretly hoping that Drake May would actually kind of leave and, and maybe you get a shot for your favorite team or whatever? I love watching Drake May play. I think that you could make the case that he'll be – I don't want to say he'll be better than Caleb Williams next year, but you can make the case that he'll be right up there with him. He'll be a top two, top three type of quarterback. Interesting to see what they'll do with a new offensive coordinator at North Carolina. We've got a lot to work with with Drake May, though, so pretty excited to see that for them. And this is the final story I want to get to in the nugget. And this is the most important one. I was teasing this to, to, to Derek before we even went on the show. I know a lot of you probably don't follow Mississippi State football very much. And if you do, it's just because you're trying to see what crazy thing Mike Leach is going to say. Well, it wasn't Mike Leach that came through with the fire this time as a uh, running back for them. Dylan Johnson announced on Twitter that he's going to transfer. That's not the crazy thing. Everybody's transferring right now. It's the chic thing to do. I'm just going to read you. His tweet announcing the transfer. 
First and foremost, I would like to thank God for giving me the opportunity to showcase my talents at a college level. Without him, I am nothing. Secondly, I would like to thank my family and friends for the endless love and support they've shown me throughout the season. To Mississippi State University, my teammates, trainers, and amazing fans, it has been an honor to participate in this program with you all. Together, you guys have helped me build my character and my skills tremendously. That sounds pretty standard, right? That's pretty standard fare. Do a little service to the fans. Let them know how much you appreciate them and your teammates. If you stop there, that's just a normal I'm entering the portal tweet. But he did not stop there. And Derek, pay attention to this. This is the part that uh, had me howling. With that being said, since I am not very tough and Mike Leach is glad I'm leaving, I will be entering my name into the transfer portal with the hopes of finding a more fit playing environment for me. Thank you. Is that is that a uh, what, what are we thinking back there about this, guys? Pretty serious. If, if the shoe fits, I guess. Yeah. So a lot of people getting really upset at Dylan Johnson over this. Now, there is some backdrop to this story. As um, it, this just came out today on going for two. You can go on their Twitter page. There's uh, there's some leaked audio of uh, of Mike Leach saying this. So Dylan Johnson is leaving, and I'm actually sort of glad because I don't think he's very tough. Mike Leach appeared to say in the leaked audio. So first of all, a lot of people saying this isn't the way that you want to leave Mississippi State if you're Dylan Johnson, that it's a bad look, and that other Power 5 teams are going to take that and say, oh, well, he can't take coaching. He can't take getting criticized. Uh, I don't want him on my team. Uh I don't know why we want to give Mike Leach a complete pass. Did we all forget why he got fired from Texas Tech in the first place? Candy corn's awful. You know, it's like fruitcake. You know, there's a reason they only serve serve fruitcake once a year because it's awful. I mean, he does have some fun interview moments. But we're talking about the guy that got fired for allegedly locking up a concussed player in a closet for three hours and that's why he was no longer at texas tech and then texas tech tried to hire him back he sued texas tech saying they didn't pay him for the last year all that to say this is not that out of character for mike leach and if you want to say that well dylan johnson just couldn't take it and then he needs to have thicker skin dude if you're if you are a football coach and you are going to blast your players publicly to the media and and talk about them in those terms to the media why? Why on earth do you think that player shouldn't have the same right to do that too? If you're gonna, if you're gonna look like Mike Leach, or look like most college football coaches, and start questioning the toughness of the guys on your team, I don't know why you want to act surprised when these players are like, oh yeah, what? Since I'm not all that tough, I guess I'm gonna leave, right? No big deal. Dylan Johnson is a really, really good running back. Somebody's gonna get a really talented back in the portal. He can catch the ball really well. I won't be surprised if you look up and you see him as kind of a thousand yard rusher next season. I think he's a really talented guy. Big frame, big body. He's got an NFL style to him. Uh, and and uh, we can certainly, I, I, what I really wanna see, I wanna see him transfer to Ole Miss. Imagine the egg bowl with Dylan Johnson versus Mike Leach. All the hate already there between Mississippi State and Ole Miss. That would be perfection. Uh, so I'm perfectly okay with dylan johnson saying this it's you know it's it's fair game if you're gonna go on a podcast and say and name the player and say he's not very tough i'm glad he's leaving then uh, i think you should take your medicine too and for everybody who's who's trying to defend mike leach here just remember bear in mind this mike leach is is an eccentric guy he's a funny guy he's also been in in trouble before because of how he treats his players let's not gloss over that fact because we think that the guy's funny in the interviews that's going to do it for the nugget All right, we got to get out of here in just a second, but I do want to reiterate, before we go to break, the University of Georgia taking on Ohio State 
in the Peach Bowl. Number one, I'm just glad to see Georgia in the playoff again. I really do think that Georgia is just the, the best team in this in, in the entirety of college football. I think if, you, if you're being honest with yourself, if you're not a Georgia fan and you're just being honest and you look at the way the games have been played, Georgia's clearly been a tier above the other teams in college football this year. I know they had, they had a hiccup with Kent State. I know they had a hiccup with Missouri and they didn't play well. But outside of those, whenever they've played good college football teams, those other teams haven't even looked like they belonged on the field. And they, they look like the best of the Bama teams. They look like some of the best of the USC teams from their stretch row and Pete Carroll, where their starters aren't even really playing in the fourth quarter. So you can tell me all you want about teams coming back late against the University of Georgia. But if you're being honest with yourself, and you're actually watching the games. You're seeing that Kirby clearly will, will take the air out of the football in the second half. There's no need to risk getting somebody injured if you're already up by three scores heading into the third or fourth quarter. So I'm not... I am a Georgia fan, obviously, so I don't want to just seem overly biased here. But I love the matchup with Ohio State. This is this is a matchup that we don't get to see very often, and I wish that we did. I, I am a much bigger fan of playing big teams throughout the year. I, I like that better. I know it's harder to get through, and you might get two losses, and they don't let two loss teams into the playoff. Well, now that you're going to 12-team, I really do prefer to, to just schedule great teams week in and week out. I know it's not smart to do that. But it makes for a better product, and if you're the best team in college football, then I think you should be able to handle it pretty well. This this matchup, you'll see on Twitter a lot of people pointing to uh, Ohio State as they should have a little bit of an advantage and it's SEC bias that it's leaning to Georgia, but that's not really 100% accurate. When you stack the, the teams up and you go ranking for ranking across offense, defense, whatever, Georgia's pretty clearly out in front. And Georgia has one clear advantage over Ohio State, and it's the fact that Georgia's defense has Jalen Carter. And whenever you have Jalen Carter, wherever he lines up on the defensive line, you have to commit two blockers to him specifically. Georgia's defensive line hasn't been as dominant with Nolan Smith hurt. They're still pretty darn dominant. They have been on a sack tear for the past three weeks or so. Jalen Carter's been at the, at the forefront of that charge. This is a guy that he's, he's going to be the first non-quarterback taken off the board. He's going to go before Will Anderson because you just don't see defensive tackles that have this type of pass rushing ability. The name Aaron Donald gets thrown around, and that's not a name that you really want to throw around lightly. But when you look at Jalen Carter and you watch his tape, the one thing I'll say that's different between Jalen Carter and uh, Aaron Donald is you will see like drives where where – Jalen doesn't really get the pass rush really fully in there where sometimes he'll kind of slow down a bit and he's over 300 pounds. He goes all out when he's going all out. So sometimes he's got to take a little bit of a rest, find whatever, but to have a, to have a single guy that can wreck triple teams, which is what happened on what that play that should have been a safety against Tennessee. Go watch that play again. Jalen Carter beat through a triple team to make that play. It's a total difference maker for Georgia. So you can talk about Georgia's secondary. We'll probably get into that in a little bit in the next segment. But we do have to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about quarterbacks at the University of Georgia and why this year for Stetson Bennett could be the most magical run for a Georgia quarterback that we've ever seen. We'll talk about that coming up next. The Buck Baloo Show on the Fan 680, 93.7 FM.
The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Welcome back, in everybody, to the Buck Baloo Show. If you haven't any issues catching us on AM or FM, you know the best place to catch us here on 6-8 of the Fan? That would be the app. Driven by Beaver Toyota. Stay connected to all the latest news, your favorite fan shows, and the fan app driven by Beaver Direct. The fastest and easiest way to shop online for your next vehicle, visit beavertoyotaofcoming.com and see what wow really means. Download the fan app now in the iTunes and Google Play store. I mentioned quarterbacks and Stetson Bennett specifically. One thing that I did not mention and needs to be mentioned if you're like me, I'm a big podcast person. That's my favorite way to consume news, especially when I'm home and I'm trying to wind down late at night. I'll just pop on the 6-8 of the fan app and I'll listen to uh, whatever podcast I may have the urge to listen to. Or I just go straight to the podcastpark.com to listen to great football podcasts such as the Chuck Oliver Show, where the king is going to give you pretty much anything that you can need or even just kind of listen to for college football. I'm not saying you need to know what the score of Eastern Kentucky versus whoever they play is going to be, but Chuck will tell you why you should care. Southern Beat with Dan Matthews, where he'll give you the latest news and notes and insights from all around the league. Punt and pass with Drew Butler and Jake Fromm, two SEC players giving you two very unique takes from people that were in the SEC. And if you want something really, really special, listen to Bucks beat where not only is Georgia legendary quarterback Buck Ballou going to be featured as you would guess by the name of the show. He's going to be joined by another Georgia quarterbacking legend, Eric Zier. It's going to be a great conversation between two really strong quarterbacks who have cases to make as the most successful quarterbacks in the university of Georgia. One of them has a national championship and another quarterback that has a national championship is Stetson Bennett. And to talk a little bit more about Stetson Bennett, we're doing our Bulldog Roundtable. The fan is proud to be the official sports talk station of the dogs. And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Baloo. 25, 20, far sideline, 15, 10, 5, get in there, touchdown! Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union, Haug Law Group, T-Mobile, and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ball game. Georgia will win this ball game. Only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Well... I might not be Buck Baloo, but I'll try to fill in my best for him here in this Bulldog Roundtable. Before we even dig into what Stetson Bennett can do winning this national championship, I feel it's only right because I'll call out people when they have bad takes. It just kind of is what it is. 
I was not a believer in Stetson Bennett. And far be it from me to castigate anyone else, I'll take my lumps too. I was team JT Daniels, who is now in the transfer portal for about the 5,000th time in his, he's, he's going to have transferred four times in a five-year college career that might potentially be a six-year. And that's, you know, not, not going to disparage JT Daniels. It's been a rough road to hoe for him. One of the reasons it was so rough, Stetson Bennett, who has essentially overcome whatever obstacle you could have ever thought to put in front of a college quarterback, was an, uh, was a, uh, a, a non-scholarship quarterback, a walk-on at the University of Georgia, by the way, which is not easy to do to be a walk-on to get playing time, had to leave to go the JUCO route, played at, I believe it was Jones Community College. I want to say that was the, the JUCO school he was at. Played there for a year, came back, was originally the third string. A lot of people forget this. He was the third string at the start of last season behind JT Daniels and Carson Beck. Gets into a game after JT Daniels goes down, never relinquishes the job again. Stetson Bennett has done nothing but win at the University of Georgia. It hasn't always been pretty. It hasn't always been the best decision-making process. There's a lot of the, the gunslinger mentality to him. But what he's done and what he has a chance to do, he won a national championship for the first time since Buck Ballou. If Georgia does what they're expected to do and repeats as national champions again this year, there will be no argument that Stetson Bennett is the most accomplished quarterback in the history of Georgia. What? And there have been some really, really accomplished quarterbacks for the University of Georgia, some really talented guys, not just Buck Ballou, who himself was very, very talented and really if you really dig into what Buck was as a high school quarterback and coming into the University of Georgia, Buck would have been so much, the the numbers for Buck would have been so much different in the modern era of college football where the quarterback is expected to run and be a real part of the the running offense as well where the West Coast style systems, the short passing games, the, the kind of the flat routes to running backs and tight ends are so important. If you were to airdrop Buck Ballou into modern day football, uh, it, you, you'd get a different look. You'd get a different idea of what Buck Blue's numbers would be for can sure. Can you dig it? I can dig it, Buck. Eric Zire, who's also going to be on, on Buck's beat, outstanding. And I know Eric Zire didn't win the SEC championships that everybody thought he should have won. Don't, don't let that take away from how talented blah, Eric blah, Zire blah. was. Eric Zire, fantastic quarterback. Aaron Murray, all the statistics in the world. You mentioned uh, beat in the, in the break there that the reason Aaron Murray has all those records is because he took them from David Green, who... I was born in 91. Derek Green was kind of my first real introduction to, to like, good Georgia quarterbacks. Der- David Green was one of my favorites, and I never understood how he did not get any sort of run in the NFL. He was a, th- a career backup and career third string. I-, I was convinced that if he'd just been able to get a little bit of run with the Seahawks, that he could have been something. I don't know. But I- DJ Shockley, David Green was good enough to keep Shockley on the bench for four years. That's how good David Green was. Aaron Murray was good enough to take every statistic possible from David Green and Peyton Manning. Stetson Bennett can jump all of those guys. You can argue that he already has. But now that he got an SEC championship this year, coming off of a national championship last year, and this is the, unequivocally, this is Stetson's team now. You could have made some arguments last year that it's hard for a backup quarterback who starts to use the the quote-unquote backup to take the team. Coming into this season, you could you could really make a case that last year it's because the defense was so otherworldly insane and historically good that the offense was kind of along for the ride. And I, in certain games, I wouldn't say that you're wrong. This year, that's not the case. 
The defense has been exceptional again this year. I believe they're number two in scoring defense right now. They're in the top five, but they were number one heading into the game against LSU in the SEC championship game. I don't know if they fell after that or what have you, but they're still a great defense. But this is an offensively driven team for the University of Georgia. And again, it hasn't always been pretty for this offense. The running game has been kind of inconsistent this year. But Todd Munkin was kind of handed the keys and said, you know what? Go ahead and open it up. And I've said this about Stetson before. He doesn't have the biggest arm of a Georgia quarterback ever. That belongs to Matthew Stafford without question. He's not the fastest Georgia quarterback ever. You could argue negative, negative, negative. Probably argue Quincy Carter or, uh, or DJ Shockley for that. He's not the biggest Georgia quarterback. That probably belongs to Jacob Eason. But I do think Stetson might be the most confident Georgia quarterback I've ever seen, especially when you factor in that I don't think he has elite traits across the board except for that confidence factor. And that's something that I don't think you can just write off. If you were to, if you were to poll NFL scouts after last season, there might after last season, by the end of last season, there might have been one or two that said they thought Stetson could latch on as as a practice squatter at quarterback. You might have had one that said maybe he can be your backup and be a pretty decent backup, but overall he's probably just a little bit too small. He's listed at five ten, five eleven, so he's probably closer to five nine, right at five ten. He's about the same size as Bryce Young. If you had pulled those same people before the twenty twenty one season. Not a single person would have said Stetson Bennett was a draftable quarterback that he had any hope of an NFL future. By the time this this season is over, Stetson's going to go to the Senior Bowl. Georgia wins again, and Stetson is a big part of this, as he usually is when the Bulldogs win big games. Stetson's going to get drafted, and not only will he get drafted, I think he'll probably get drafted above where Jake Fromm got drafted. It's not an especially deep quarterback class, and like I mentioned last segment in the Nugget, Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, they're going to get drafted based solely off of their traits. There will be teams that draft based off of what you put on tape. But if you're just looking at what you put on tape, there aren't going to be many quarterbacks in this draft that have better tape than Stetson Bennett. It's just, it is what it is. And I know, I know it's hard to come off of that first, that first impression, that first focal point of this is a walk-on quarterback who's not very big who's not exceptionally strong he also doesn't get nearly enough credit for how mobile he is and how good of a runner he is but that confidence factor that when Stetson goes onto the field he trusts his guys and he trusts that he's just good enough to beat you in whatever throw he wants to do now sometimes that results in a lot of throws that Kirby probably wants to punch him in the face for like some of these, some of these throws that Stetson will just lob into triple coverage because he just trusts his arm more, or he's willing to throw cross body without having like a Brett Favre type of arm or a Matt Stafford type of arm. Some of those you, you look at and say, why'd you, why did you attempt that throw? I'm on kind of the opposite end of that. I don't like that when it turns into an interception, but there is a real thing with quarterbacks where you can have too few interceptions. If you have too few interceptions, and this sounds crazy to say, but it's, it is true. If you're a guy that doesn't have any turnovers, what it means is you're not taking enough risks. It means that you're not right. No, no risk it, no biscuit. It's true for a reason. If you're not taking those types of chances, then you're not doing your team the best service that you possibly can. You're looking out for your own. I'm just trying to not turn the ball over. That's what we call a game manager. Great quarterbacks don't worry about turnovers because they know that the risk can be worth the reward. And that's a that's a really big deal for quarterbacks. Stetson understands that. He has the confidence to really go for it. 
I think that's something to watch for going forward. If Georgia, if Georgia wins this natty, like I think they will, Stetson probably ends up being the championship game MVP. Just like there's fair chain teams up being the MVP against Ohio State. If that happens, Stetson Bennett, who we all thought he's going to go down as the most accomplished and the most talked about quarterback in the history of college football. That's going to do it for us here for the Buck Blue Show. Thanks for everybody behind the glass for joining me. It's a lot of fun joining in and getting to sit in for Buck. Uh, We'll uh, have Nick and Chris coming up next right here for the Fan 680, 93.7 FM. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.